Well, happy Juneteenth. Just a little history. Juneteenth is now, uh, as you all know, a federal holiday. But the origin of Juneteenth actually goes back over 150 years. On January the 1st of 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. It wasn't until two and a half years later that General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, and he read this very important order. It was called General Orders Number 3, and the first sentence of which states this, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. And that happened on June 19th. 1865. And so 157 years later to the day, we all get to celebrate Juneteenth. And so happy Juneteenth. And then today is also Father's Day. And so yay, happy Father's Day to you all. Um, yay <laughs> to our fathers. Well, I believe our Heavenly Father has a good word for us this morning. And so I invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. And while you're turning there, let me review this Hebrew name for God up on the screen. And the name is, a Hebrew is read from right to left. And from right to left, the name is Yahweh. Yahweh. Yahweh is the most sacred, most holy name for God, Yahweh. And in our English Bibles, the translation for Yahweh is often Lord or the Lord. Yahweh, Lord or the Lord. And so the question is, who is Yahweh? Who is Yahweh? Well, during this time in the Bible... Up to this point in Exodus 34, there actually wasn't a Bible for them to read. <laughs> it actually was an oral tradition. It was a storytelling tradition. And so, that, so the way that they would know about who Yahweh was was that they would tell and retell stories about Yahweh. That's how they found out about who Yahweh was. And up to this point in Exodus chapter 34, the people would know Yahweh as creator. How? Through the telling and retelling of the stories of creation. The people will know Yahweh as creator of the cosmos. Yahweh said, let there be light, and there was light. Yahweh created heaven and earth and sea and all that is in it. Yahweh brought forth plants of every kind and trees of every kind. Yahweh set the sun and the moon and the stars in their place. Yahweh created 
the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. Yahweh created the wild animals of the earth of every kind, the cattle of every kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the ground of every kind, even centipedes. And then Yahweh created humankind in his image. Up, this, up to this point in Exodus chapter 34, the people would know. They would know Yahweh as creator. Who is Yahweh? Up to this point, the people would know Yahweh as promise keeper. How? They would know through oral tradition, through the telling and retelling of the stories of their forefathers, the telling and retelling of the stories of the promises that Yahweh made to their forefathers, the telling and the retelling of the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Up to this point in Exodus chapter 34, the people of God would know Yahweh as promise keeper. Who is Yahweh? Well, up to this point, the people would know Yahweh as miracle worker and deliverer. How? They would have experienced, they would have witnessed Yahweh deliver them out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. They would have witnessed the ten plagues. They would have witnessed the parting of the Red Sea. And so the people of God, they would know Yahweh as miracle worker and deliverer. Who is Yahweh? Up to this point in Exodus chapter 34, the people of God would know Yahweh as lawgiver. They would have witnessed what happened on Mount Sinai the thunder and the lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the thick cloud, the smoke and the mountain shaking violently as Yahweh met with Moses and gave him the Ten Commandments. They would have known Yahweh as lawgiver. So far, that's generally the people's understanding of Yahweh. If you were a reporter on the ground and you went around and you interviewed people and you say, hey, who is Yahweh? Give me one or two words. Who is Yahweh? There's a good chance that they would say, oh yeah, Yahweh is creator. Yeah, Yahweh is promise keeper. Oh yeah, Yahweh is miracle worker, deliverer. Oh yeah, Yahweh is law giver. Up to this point in Exodus 34, generally, the people of God would only know this about Yahweh. And then, something special happens. Something really exciting happens in Exodus chapter 34. Yahweh reveals a new dimension of who he is. But this, is, this has been Yahweh all along. But this is the first time that, the, that Yahweh actually reveals this about himself 
to his people. Very exciting stuff. And it says this, Exodus chapter 34, beginning in verse 6 all the way through to verse 7. It says this. It says, The Lord passed before him or passed before Moses and proclaimed this. The Lord, the Lord. This is Yahweh talking and he says this. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. This morning, I just want to remind you of who Yahweh is. You already know this about Yahweh. So it's just a reminder. But keep in mind that for the people here in Exodus chapter 34, this is new for them. Generally, this is like new revelation for them. It's exciting stuff. And so... Yahweh proclaims, firstly, his name. Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord. And then the very first words that Yahweh uses to describe himself is this. Merciful and gracious. Merciful and gracious. Merciful. There's this Hebrew word that's used here. It's Rakum, and it means merciful or compassionate. And this idea that Yahweh is full of mercy, full of compassion, full of sympathy, a beautiful word. And then gracious, the Hebrew word that's used here is kanun. It means show favor or show kindness. And Rakum and Kanun are like twins. They're very closely connected. It's this idea that God's heart gravitates towards those who are suffering, those who are broken, those who are hurting. This idea that God's heart moves, is inclined toward the repentant, the penitent. It's a beautiful picture. He says, I'm a God merciful and gracious. And then God says this about himself. He says, I'm slow to anger, and then skip a couple of lines, and I'm forgiving of iniquity, transgression, and sin. Some of us, we have this view of God as this stern disciplinarian. Very strict, very firm, very harsh, very demanding. A God that hovers over us, watching, waiting, ready to pounce on us, waiting to jump all over us when we mess up. A God who, who is quick to punish us when we sin. But God here says, 
He doesn't say, I'm quick to anger. He says, I'm a God that is slow to anger. I'm a God that forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. And then God said something very special here. Yahweh says, this is also who I am. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. There's a powerful Hebrew word that's used here, and we've looked at this word several times now. And again, Hebrew is read from right to left, and this Hebrew word is hesed. Hesed. Sometimes translated as steadfast love or loving kindness. Powerful Hebrew word, rich, deep, very meaningful. Some scholars say that is untranslatable in English. That's how difficult it's, it is to translate this word has said. I like Dr. Tim Bulkley's translation for has said. He uses a phrase because it's so difficult to translate this word. He says, has said is stickability through thick and thin. The closest that our culture gets to Hased is in our marriage vows. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish. Till death do us part. As God is my witness, I give you my promise. That's Hased. Hased. Steadfast love. Stickability through thick and thin. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. And here, Yahweh says that he abounds with, that he overflows with, that he spills over with has said and faithfulness for his people. That there is an overabundance of Hesed. That there is loads and loads of, of Hesed and faithfulness for his people. And so who is Yahweh? He's merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And the neat thing is, this continues to be the heart of God for you and I. In Christ and through Christ, we receive mercy and grace. In Christ and through Christ, we receive slow to anger. In Christ and through Christ, we receive abounding, steadfast love and faithfulness. In Christ and through Christ, we receive forgiveness of iniquity, transgression, and sin. Well, it appears like these verses have a little doozy in it. <laughs> the last four lines appear to be kind of out of place. Like, what's up with that? 
It says, Yet by no means clearing the guilty. But visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. That sounds like a doozy. After all this wonderful stuff, it sounds really like a bummer here. And I just want to offer this observation, and it's this. God's commands are really for our own good. And this line, these four lines tell us that there are consequences for disobedience. And sometimes sin, when not dealt with, when left unrepented, can become this vicious cycle that gets passed down to our children and to our children's children, even to the third and fourth generation. But watch this. Earlier we talked about how Yahweh abounds with, how Yahweh overflows with, how Yahweh spills over with hesed for his people. Well, this hesed that's abounding is also unending. It never ends. It's ongoing. There's something really special that Yahweh says here right in the middle of those verses. He says this, keeping steadfast love, keeping hesed, keeping stickability through thick and thin, thick and thin keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation the thousandth generation so does that mean that his steadfast love ends at generation 1001 no no for the thousandth generation that's poetic language for to infinity a thousand generation. The hesed of Yahweh is unending. It's ongoing. It's to infinity. And that last time I checked, infinity is greater than three. One thousand is greater than three. One thousand is greater than four. And not just greater by a little, greater by a whole lot. So that, yes, generational sin, when not dealt with, can get passed down to the third and fourth generation. But that's just a blip compared to this abounding said of Yahweh to the thousandth generation, to infinity. Sometimes, we go to God and we ask for forgiveness for the same sin over and over again. You've been there, I've been there. And we get worried that God is done forgiving us, done loving us, done being merciful and gracious to us, that he's exhausted hearing our voice repent of the same sin over and over again. But this gives me hope because a thousand is greater than three. 
we need not be afraid to approach Yahweh. He always welcomes us with steadfast love when we come. He can't help himself because that's who he is. Who is Yahweh? Yahweh, Yahweh. A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Let us pray.